This is a tripod broadcast. You're listening to Barnhill Outdoors Podcast. Just three average, raw, relatable hunters sharing tactics, tips, and stories. No scripts. So just sit back and enjoy the reliving of outdoor memories and their pursuit for a new adventure. Check, 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 check. check. Everyone's levels sound okay? I feel like I'm quiet. I feel like I you're can quiet. Hear you. Good. Maybe it's these headphones. I don't know. Could be. Been two weeks, I guess. Two weeks. Yep. Two weeks. Seems longer than that, though. It does. Last but, couple weeks have dragged. Yeah. But this month's going to fly by. Like yeah, it's the months. month I look forward to every December. <laughs> Back to until <laughs> I get to November. Like it hits December, and then I'm already ready for November again. And now we're here, and it seems like it shouldn't be here yet. November is, I mean, you have archery season from September on, but I mean, November is deer season. Like, yes, it's it's this month of it should be a national correction holiday. For November is duck season. Thank you, and good night. Deer season, duck season, deer season, deer season. duck season, <laughs> deer season. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when is duck? Is that? Starts the seventh. Seventh, right? So like, is that tomorrow? So two, no, two days. Today's the fifth. Oh yeah, today is not Friday. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rick. We don't do these often on a weekday. So no, we no. don't. It's kind of throwing us off. <laughs> so I guess with that, uh, welcome everybody to episode thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, wow. We are coming off a two-week hiatus, roughly, after the passing of our uncle and. He's still in our hearts and minds and our thoughts right now and still getting through it. It's been hard, but uh, you guys doing okay? How you yeah. guys been? Yeah, yeah doing, doing all right. Doing pretty good. Obviously, I miss him. But. Oh, yeah. It's been bad. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So if you guys haven't listened to episode 12 yet, I encourage you guys to do that because I think it's a really uh, just a good episode, just like how much we value family and yeah. how it's how he's affected our, our lives, so to say. and. And that's one of the reasons why we're decided to call ourselves mm-hmm. Barnhill Outdoors, is just because how close yep. knit our family is and our identity. So, but what's on the docket for tonight, gents? What do you What do you think we should talk about? Deer, not deer. <laughs> deer, deer, duck, deer, duck. I do want to go duck hunting soon. I do. It's too. Deer season. Currently, the rut is in full swing now. I or think, we'll get in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty close. What is it? The fifth? Fifth? Did we just check? Yeah. <laughs> It's the fifth. It's yeah. It's pretty on now. I think they. A lot of people say the experts out there, whoever you are, say that November seventh is the best rut day of the year. The day that I'm on call. <laughs> you gonna so risk leading it? up to the seventh is good, great, and then the seventh is excellent, and then it goes back to great, good, down. Wait till next year. <clears throat> no. Yeah. I'll be on call the whole week next year. I am off the eleventh, which I am most certainly gonna be out in the woods. Veterans Day, right? Yep. Do they have a free license and or no no license for veterans? <laughs> I don't believe so. No. <laughs> Any type of privilege? But if you work for the state you get the day off. So yeah. it's like a free hunting day. Touché. So I get the day off. I'm not a veteran, but you know. You're I don't think our work man. does. I don't know if they do or not. I don't think so. I haven't heard Mine about does it. does not. Ours, they uh, honor or res- what is it? What is it? 
Recognize. Recognize. Observe. That's the word. They observe Veterans Day, the Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Gotcha. So we don't get Veterans Day off, but we do get Black Friday We do get the day, the Friday after Thanksgiving off. So that's good. That's good for us. And uh, we will be together around that time, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. And we're planning on a goose, nice big old goose hunt, maybe for a few days. Yeah. Hopefully we're going to do a two or three day duck goose hunt is the the goal. I'm really uh, looking forward to that hunt. In Illinois. So with... uh, Patton IGY6 Outdoors. Shout out to you boys. So we were trying to think uh, earlier today or this week what we want to talk about. And I, Corey, you had a good idea. Or Brett. Brett. Brett had a good idea about uh, talking about baiting and using food plots and uh, during seasons and stuff mm-hmm. like that to, you know, so, so we can bait deer or whatever it is. So... Explain. I'll, I'll just yeah, sorry. You can't bait in Missouri. You cannot bait. I in was Missouri. getting there, yes. and I was struggling. And we do not do that. I was gonna right. say we have to make sure everyone knows we don't do it. Tightly illegal. I don't support it in any way whatsoever. Right. But is that because but it's is that illegal? Be- right. So I was wanting to play kind of the devil's advocate tonight and kind of go over the pros and cons of doing that and the uh, the uh, the ethics of it. I thought uh, you know Bright brought that up. I thought that was a pretty interesting uh, topic. It's it's weird because I I see both sides. I could if someone were in a state where it is legal and they do bait, I could I could I could at least understand sort of what they're saying. Yeah, like, give the give the listeners a idea of how it is in Missouri. So like uh, I know mostly the same thing around the country, but just for the perspective of where we are, what would that include and all that stuff? Okay, so I think the way Missouri Department of Conservation. Uh, Describes baiting or not the definition of their term of baiting is like any food attractant, so grain, anything, molasses, a lot of those, anything that's grain in it, sweet, anything that a food product that attracts deer to your location that's not a food plot or crop field. Is that just deer? Does that go along with turkey? No, it's it's all across the board. Okay. Um, but in other states, like I think Texas is pretty prominent. You can bait in that state if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I know you can in Kansas. deer weigh about five pounds down there. That's why. They, you definitely can in Kansas. Yeah. And, e- and even those states, they have their own regulations with it. So I don't know. I I'm, I don't know if you can ever just walk out and just pour a bucket of corn out two days before you plan on hunting and then and hunt over it. Yeah, you, know. you can. Oh, can you? Yeah, like in Georgia, uh, I know you can. In Kansas, you can. In fact, when I was filming there, we were at an outfitter and- that's what a lot of our places we hunted over was corn piles. That <laughs> just feels wrong to me, but you know, I would get mm. it on the ethical side because someone would argue, well, how's that different than hunting a food plot or, or even more so like attractant versus attractant. Yeah. The only difference is one causes or costs more money and is more work. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah. I mean, can you explain that? Well, if you have, if you can bait, you can throw your molasses, whatever out there, or your bags of corn. All you do is drive out there and dump it and leave. But with a food plot, there's a lot of time, right. money, you know, you got to disc the dirt or they have throw and grow too, but 
I mean, there's just a lot of prep work there. And then you don't know if it's going to take. It depends on the cycles of the rain and, you know, what's going to happen there. So, Another key difference for me as far as the ethical side is, like, if you pour corn out, you're, it'll last, what, two weeks if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you if you grow a proper food plot, you provide a food source for the deer. So you might kill one or two out of that food plot, but the rest of them have a food source to survive all through the winter. So how long up until the season starts can you do corn piles if you can do it at all? Is it 10 or 15 days prior uh, 10, to, 10 days says, prior to season? Yeah. It has there has to be no food whatsoever. Right. And when on I, the ground for 10 whole days. Right. When I read that I was like then that doesn't make any sense because they're going to be there in theory because they're used if you if you if you're doing that most of the summer or whatever. It just doesn't make sense that, oh, 10 days is going to change much. But maybe it does. Uh, feeding habits. It, it does. Can. Yeah. Yeah, it can definitely change. If the corn's gone for that long, right. they have no they reason move on. to right. st- sit there anymore. But then as soon as the season closes, you can start doing it again, too. So you can feed them in the winter with oh, corn yeah. as well. That's but, true. you know, now you're talking a lot of money when you're doing it right. all year long. Probably cheaper to do a food plot at that point significantly. But if if someone from the south were to come to me and say, well, I don't have cornfields to hunt next to. You know, maybe it's hard to grow food, whatever they're, they can make a somewhat convincing argument, I would say. You know, if, if I, I can literally go to next to a cornfield, you know, and that's a monster right. attracted. I mean, yeah, ag fields. So Missouri has a line, I'd say. You know, straight across the state, you have ag fields probably in the middle part of the state, even a little bit more south. But once you get further south, there's no more ag fields anymore, Right. especially southwest. It's Ozark country, hills, rocky limestone, pine trees. Hollers, all those things. All that. There is oak trees, you know, and acorn <laughs> stuff, but it's it's a totally different terrain. And, yeah, I mean, that's the argument – as in Missouri to make a, a law that the whole state across the board can't do it, but we're hunting. Or zones. You know, yeah, zone like it zone out. it out like you do with duck hunting or you know anything like that. Because up here, yeah, we're hunting ag fields, but down there you have to hunt just thick uh, stretches of timber. Right. Blocks of timber that you got to do a little extra work by going and finding as fresh a sign as possible every time because their right. patterns are so inconsistent. They yeah. go to the nearest falling oak tree. Yeah, and it's not like you can just... It's harder to plant a food plot out in that, too. Like, it's you have the sandy soil, sandy. and you'd have to literally clear tons of trees to mm-hmm. make a plot. And I mean, that's what I'm saying. I would, I could see the other side of the argument. Right, and <clears throat> when you brought that up, and I was going to play the devil's advocate, but I'm more... I'm, I, again, we're following the laws here in Missouri, but, I mean... I was telling Brett earlier, it's like if if you're a hunter and granted you want the big buck, you know, you want the you want the mountain and everything, but you're generally hunting for meat. Mm-hmm. And that to me is all that matters. Whether it's a deer, turkey, anything, you're hunting for food. Uh, you know, aside from like corporate hunters that do it just for the trophy, I'd say majority, super majority of hunters do it for the food. So I mean, I'm always I'm coming on the bandwagon like bait not bait who cares you know as long as you follow the other protocols within season you know right. you're not obviously poaching but i don't know I, i'm just not totally opposed to it because i mean i don't see how it makes much difference yeah i i think 
if it were illegal in Missouri, I would probably do it. I mean, the temptation would definitely <laughs> be there. I don't know. Is it more for like you want you want the hunt, chase. the chase? Yeah. Like, what's the word you used earlier today when we were talking about it a little? Uh, fair chase. Fair chase. Yeah. Yeah. I. I just. I don't know. I. I guess it is splitting hairs. Like if I prop myself up right next to a trail that's leading right into a cornfield, I mean, you could say, well, how is that different than me pouring corn on a on the trail? So they, you know. It's just, I don't know. I guess because it's illegal, maybe that's the honest answer, but because it's illegal, I feel like it's immoral. <laughs> but that there has to be a reason why it is illegal, though. Like, right. they didn't just say, oh, we just feel like not allowing anybody to do this. Like, it, there has to be a well-thought-out process. It might why. be an old, stalwart-style, just a rule. Think, that it's you know, about population control, because think about... Back then, it was probably... Yeah, but even today, think about, like... If if you have a, say you're not, because you can't always hunt the crop. You can hunt timber off the crop. Think about how many deer would come and stop at your spot that wouldn't otherwise. Right. Like you're almost altering their pattern, which, I mean, you kind of do with a food plot. You kind of hope to lead them in, but I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just more of a personal preference. I mean, I mean obviously you have no choice in Missouri, but. I would I would have to really think about like if it became legal all of a sudden would I just be like I'm pouring a bunch of corn out I'm gonna yeah I I kind of wish we had a conservation agent on with us tonight because I would have some questions like I know obviously you can't pour a bag of corn out but if you make like a garden sized area of corn right in front of your stand just for deer hunting is that illegal as well is that considered baiting or is that considered it wouldn't be, I don't think, because that's still a f- food plot. Now, if you mowed it over and spread all the, then that would be baiting. Like, would you have to harvest that corn and take the the ears out? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for consumption or whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, especially uh, like good old sweet corn, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I know that in Missouri, even mineral blocks with grain is considered bait. Yeah. So anything, especially there's no grain at all that you can use. Yeah. Like most of the trophy, was it trophy rock products don't come with the grain in them. So I'm pretty sure those are okay. I think for me personally, I would only stick to salt blocks in Missouri. Yeah. I know that's, you know, completely legal. So, so 2020, what is the argument for no baiting? Why would you do it? Why would you do it in 2020? Like, why would there still be regulations for baiting? Against or sorry, against against baiting. I think, I think there'd be some concern about population control. I I think there would be a a lot higher number of kills if you know you throw bait out and you're luring all these deer in, and even it'd be uh, yeah, I guess because if you're putting out like something sweet like molasses. With corn all over it, mm-hmm. like you're going to lure in deer and turkey. Well, then would you lower the amount of tags you could buy in a season? Well, that would be a trade-off. Like, do you want to kill, you want to be able to, I don't know, I just, that'd be a weird trade-off. Like, It'd be interesting to see the numbers. Like, would you? I think I'd rather be able to kill <laughs> more deer and have, and not bait. But what if you don't kill as many deer, but you could kill at least one every, you know, <laughs> 
I mean, there's still no guarantee either way. That's the right. that's right. the other side of it. I mean, yeah, obviously in the summertime you throw corn out and it's gone in like a week and you get a lot of pictures, but who's to say that stays the same during season at this point in the game? Like, we don't know because we don't have any data to back that up in Missouri. You know, we don't know what a corn pile in November does compared to a corn pile in sept- early September or late July. Mm-hmm. So what's the... What's the catch? I mean, I mean, obviously other states do it, so I'm sure there is data somewhere to right. to say what it does. But I know they a lot of times they leave the ag fields after the beans are no longer green, which they're not. They're all dried up or gone. They go into the timber. The acorns start dropping. A lot of them stay in the timber for a good majority of rut, really. And then uh, corn starts coming out. Yeah, you'll have deer come out and eat them, but... Usually they don't move back to the ag fields until it's getting colder and the food in the woods are starting to dry up or freeze or whatever. Yeah. So who's to say that a bag of corn is going to... Even do you any good? I don't know. I just don't have the, the data. To I guess I would have to do like research like in states where they can bait and see what the numbers are compared to the state. I mean, if there's really no difference. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I think, honestly, if I really think about it, because it's illegal, that's why it feels immoral. But, like I said, I've always been able to accept or acknowledge someone else's argument. Does anybody know a Georgian conservation agent? I do not. <laughs> That'd be interesting. I might actually reach out to or the- Kansas. Or Kansas, they do the same thing. I might reach out to uh, their office sometime this week and maybe <laughs> try <laughs> to get them on. See if you can get yeah. some statistics. Or maybe have them call next. That'd yeah. be kind of interesting anyways. Yeah. Or hunting over like a big old pile of apple trees or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, How would you regulate that? Like if you had an apple tree next to you and you just happened to have all these apples on the ground, that's not, I mean- that's the, how is that different than hunting by crop field? It can't be. It's ambiguous. Different. Yeah, it's uh yeah. Good word. Ten points. <laughs> Just ten points. I give you guys at least a hundred every time. Well you know. That's very altruistic of you. Ooh. Artuist Artuistic? Yeah. Like like artsy? Is that what that is? Artuistic? No, it's, it's charitable. It's general you know, generosity. Altruistic? Altruism. It's altruism. There's an R there. No, it's altruism. How do you spell it? Google it. A L U L A L. No, it's not A L. A L T. Altruism. It's U L T. No. U I S S M M. Let me second here. Let me get. It's alt. Ultra. Alt. Altruism. Ultra. This time of the year, you start. To rattle a little bit, you know, not a little bit. You start rattling for real. You start getting your grunt calls. And it's funny because this year marks my 19th There's season. No internet, apparently. You're what? <laughs> Sorry. I was just talking since you guys are looking at your phones. Altruistic. A-L-T-R-U-I-S-T-I-C. Showing a disinterested and selfless concerned disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others unselfish pronounce that again altruistic all true altruistic altruistic what did you what say? I, I said altruistic i'm sorry that's okay i, I just apologize. had a little bit of a redneck 
It's all touristic, okay? Minus 10 points. <laughs> I was kind of redneck and like Irish. Archuistic <laughs> down there. Well, we are from Scotland. Anyways. Scotland. We are Scottish, but I'll never wear a kilt. I'd wear a kilt. Do a bar crawl in Scotland. <laughs> Hang out with a good old buddy, Ollie. Yeah. Ollie, where are you, bud? He's actually, last time I spoke to him, about two or three years ago, he was in Wales. Oh, Wales. Actually, I don't think it's been quite that long. They do duck hunts oh. up in Wales? I don't know. I have no idea. That'd be interesting to go. <laughs> Never asked him. But yes, you talked about uh, calling yeah. deer at this point. So I was, I was going to say that in the ninth, because this year marks my 19th deer season in my life. 19th? 19th deer season. Wow. And I've only started rattling in the last, I would say, five years. Which is weird to me that yeah, I've been hunting odd. for so long and I've only just now started using calls. Because it's baiting. Yeah. No. Because you're trying to take your, <laughs> it's not as fair of a chase if you're using something to lure the deer. Well, it's still a, a talent. Like you can't just slap some antlers together and it's got to sound like. Right. Which is why electronic and, calls are illegal. And you don't think right. it takes much to put molasses out in the ground? You don't think that takes a lot of effort? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sweet hot molasses. You know? Sweet hot molasses. You have to wait for it to fall out. It's yeah, like, it does take a while. But I, I will say I've been pretty happy with my results. In that, in that short period of time, I rattled in a monster buck that I goofed by spooking it by pulling my bow back at the wrong time. And then another decent eight later on and about a year or two later. But he never would cross from the neighbor's property line, so. Hmm. But I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, I've, I've rattled in quite a few. The biggest one I rattled in has been almost three years ago now. And same kind of deal. I saw it coming across the property line, or coming towards the property line. Because it heard me rattling, and then it got nervous and took off. But that deer was big, like 150, 160 maybe. Pretty good That's size probably where this one was. Yeah. This one, the biggest one I rattled, I rattled in completely blind. I just, nothing going on. So I started rattling and I could hear like, sound like a herd of elephants just smashing through the timber. I mean, this dude was looking for a fight. Come out, his hair was all raised. I mean, he was like making all kinds of weird noises. I mean, he was mad. And I thought he was so focused on trying to find this buck that he no way he could see me. But as soon as I got that thing pulled back, he he bolted on me. He's coming from your right to left. Yeah, he came from my right, and he was gonna. If I, it was my fault, stupidity on my part. But if I just let him get a little further to my left, he'd have been facing away from me. Right. And I waited till he was about right in front of me. And I thought, well, I'm waiting too long even then. I don't, it was a big buck and my brain wasn't <laughs> Got functioning. Got buck fever and done screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. It's normally I would have never made such a bonehead error, but. It happens. You see that buck and you're. So you said blind calling. What's, uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, what is blind calling? Blind calling is when you're, you can rattle or doe bleat. Anytime you make any call and you don't see an animal. 
Like you, you're not sure if there's one around you. You're just kind of hoping that if something is by, you can lure it in like yeah. I did this one. Something an earshot away can hear right. it and come investigate. There are some risk. It's kind of a risk reward deal because some people, you know, if you if you blind call and you're just blurring something out and there's a deer right behind you that you didn't see, right? Then you're gonna startle the heck out of that deer. Yeah, which yeah. is actually brings up a good point because I was talking, I was thinking about talking about this. Uh, when I do blind call, typically I will let out a few soft grunts first. And wait a few minutes. So that way, if there is something close, you don't blow them out of the woods. Right. They hear it. They may come investigate or at least may work their way around to where you can see them or hear them. And then if there's nothing at that point, I'll get the antlers and start hitting them together. And right. do it that way. And I usually don't just go all out without trying to figure out if there's something a little bit closer than that. Yeah, and the second one, I actually, I saw him. He was... He was about 150 yards in front of me, and I actually had a doe bleak can. I did a couple of those. I mean, he had his nose on the ground, so I figured I could make him believe that the doe he's sniffing is, you know, that call was her, but he never even raised his head. Really? He just, he went up that trail, and he went to my right. Like I said, he was way off in front of me, and then I, I started rattling. Next thing I know, he stops and turns around and comes back about 25 yards just on the wrong side of the fence. <laughs> Perfectly broad side. Literally is. The fence is probably, I mean, literally it's like 24 yards. And he's literally right mm-hmm. on the other side of that fence. Yeah. And I was like, man. <sighs> Property lines. The, that tall eight pointer I shot. Yeah. That one I rattled in. He was on the fence. Now it's 180 yards in front of me. And I watched him walk this fence row. He's making scrapes and stuff walking down the line. And I knew he probably wouldn't even hear a grunt call, but decided to get the rattling antlers and hit them together a few times. And he just turned and beelined right to me, came straight at me pretty fast, really, and then turned it at about 30 yards and did the kind of same thing you were talking about, where it was at my right. And he kind of got to my left, at, but he was a little further out, so he didn't see much and pulled back and let him have it. Let him eat. Let him, let him <laughs> eat. Let her fly. If the trigger is gold, the deer will fold. Is that our Rut McDaniels thing? That is. Or Daniels. Rut Daniels. Daniels. Rut Daniels. We're getting yeah. him on the show eventually. Really? Is he coming on? <laughs> yeah, we'll get him. Huh? I'm sure he's heard of us. Gooser 35, you're clear to land. <laughs> <laughs> that one was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know where he comes up with that stuff. <laughs> Clearly. And then last year, that big <laughs> white eight-pointer I shot, I have a knack for killing eight-pointers. I don't know what it is. I could have killed one yesterday morning, but I let it walk. But, uh, yeah, I know. A lot of people said the same thing. I'm giving the same look. But anyway, last year I had a uh, buck that was about the same distance out in this cornfield. And I didn't have it riding antlers that night, so I just used my grunt call, and I was just like, as loud as I could possibly get it so I could hear it. Finally, it perked up, turned around. Same thing, come running right in, looking for a fight. Didn't go 20. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are wondering, Rut Daniels is a YouTube Yeah, character. you should check him out. Check he's him out, he's hilarious. Hilarious. But anyway, so calling, it can be very effective, but it has to be done properly. And even if you are doing it properly, a lot of times it doesn't work. Um, 
So bucks will, if they've been in fights before and have lost, they're a lot more cautious. So you, and you don't know that, you know, you see a deer right. out there, you're going to call to him. He may just bolt. And it's not necessarily because he did something wrong. It's because, because he's been beaten up before. So he's like, nope, <laughs> not again. He's a wuss. And then other times you can be too aggressive with your calling, which can bust him. So yeah. you're just going to have to figure out the right, uh, sequences and stuff i think the softer grunts are more of just like just saying hey i'm a deer and i'm here hey, in the woods i'm here you're here if yeah. you want to do a little, a little tussle tussle, tussle come on tussle. in check me out but the snorwees from what i've read I, i'm like i said I'm, I'm fairly new still with the calling but the snorwees i think is more like an actual aggressive taunt challenge challenge yeah kind of like you know, you're a big pansy. Come fight me. Yeah. Basically. You want to go? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like a boxing match. <laughs> and then, like, this time of year, you see that a lot because does are starting to go into estrus. Bucks have already, at this point, most of them have already kind of claimed a territory, so to speak. So that's why you're seeing a lot of scrapes and rubs and areas. So those bucks have a, a territory that they've been marking. And then all of a sudden, a new buck shows up because there's a hot doe in the area. And that buck either is going to run like a pansy and get out of there, or he's going to go toe-to-toe and <laughs> lock horns. Claim his, claim yeah. his turf. His turf. His turf. Defend his turf. And then eventually they'll bachelor up again and become buddies later in the season. But right now, they hate each other. Oh, they'll, they'll literally will kill each other. And then during the season, they're like at the end, they're like, oh, hey, man, what's up? Haven't what seen bros do. Yeah. Fight and get over it. Yeah. Especially when it comes to women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, is there anything else to add? Uh, I mean, we got rifle season coming up uh, next weekend. This weekend is going to be warm, but it's rut. So it's always warm. Like why? It wasn't. It wasn't last year. Last year, last year was, was it nice? Last year, yeah, it was cold. The year before that was like eighty, wasn't it? It's been quite a few years since it's been this warm in yeah. November. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've had I've had warm this type of weather during rifle season, yeah. which we're not going to have. It's going to cool down. How, yeah, how hot was it when you guys went down to Houston a few years ago? Did it get up to eighty? Yeah, I was going to say it got up pretty high. Yeah. I remember one time I had the uh, I was in that bottom uh, cabin stand at my other uncle's ha- property down in South Missouri, and the wasps were coming back to life. That <laughs> <laughs> was. Yeah, that's happened too. I mean, luckily they were sluggish, mm-hmm. but I, I did have to keep my eye out. The summer already, boys. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So even though it's warm, it's rut. So I'm gonna get out and hunt for sure. Do some calling sequences. Hopefully, I won't have to. Hopefully, they just show up like as soon as it's daylight and be done. But that's not usually how it goes. I'm gonna do an evening hunt tomorrow, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. So I try to hunt it quite a bit this weekend. Yeah. So wish last, you guys luck. Last week in a bow season, then it's rifle. Yeah. Which I haven't shot my rifle yet, so hopefully it's on. <laughs> I did. I I shot with Sky a couple di- last week. Mm-hmm. I guess it was last week. I'm right on the money with my thirty thirty. That is my gun of choice <laughs> since childhood. Yeah, same here. Good deal. Different gun, but so yeah. So next week we'll talk about our, uh, your guys' exploits and hopefully. Some good stories, and we'll try to get some more guests on here to talk about various things, mm-hmm. and we'll figure out what to talk about as well. Should we do one after rifle season, or should we do one right before rifle season? 
Because if we do it after, then we can talk about... Yeah, let's do it like after next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have all these, hopefully, a whole bunch of cool stories to tell. I hope so. We'll see. And then uh, that goes on for a week and a half or two weeks, I think. I think it's two weekends. Okay, two weekends. And then hopefully we have some duck hunting experiences coming up too. Hopefully. And other things are in the works as well. I won't relieve or uh, reveal too many, uh, too much information, but I got some stuff coming up that hopefully will be good for us and everybody who listens. Sounds good, oh, man. Yeah. Look forward to it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wait, oh, oh, we, we got to find out where we're at. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He does this every, every freaking time. <laughs> no, normally pretty good about saying, where can we find? Where can we find us? Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Are you um, ready to go? You got places to be? I got kids YouTube. I got put down. No. <laughs> you can find us on YouTube at Barnhill Outdoors. Please hit that subscribe button, as I say every podcast, and slap that bell and hit all so you know when our content comes out. Also, hit the thumbs up because apparently that helps from what I've been told. Really? Someone gives us a thumbs up, it helps? Yeah. So. Cool. Click all those buttons. I know there's a whole bunch of things you got to <laughs> click, but it uh, takes about 10 seconds. I've done it myself, so I know you can too. You can also find us on Instagram under Barnhill underscore OD underscore podcast. That's us. And all, all uh, yeah, podcast outlets. Yep, yep. every single one of them. <laughs> and I think we might have a Twitter. We do. It's uh it's it's <laughs> it's there. <huh>? It's there. <laughs> it exists. We promise. It's not fully. We complete, don't though. get on it a whole I lot. I don't get on apparently. Twitter a whole lot. I've never I, been, I've on, been Twitter on Twitter in my Twitter life. Just to put the old It's Barnhill O D underscore PC. There you go. All right. I don't get Twitter. Check us out. Tell us what you think. Give us ideas for uh more content or Share your stories and maybe we can talk, to, talk about them on the show. I guess if you write out your story in the co- comments, uh, maybe yeah. we'll say it like yeah, as yeah. if it was our story. Yep. Say, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll <laughs> give you credit. You also have an email address so they can send them to your email as well, what I was trying to say. Oh, sorry. Oh, my Every time I started, I was like, eh, eh, I just... <laughs> I'll say it really fast so we can get off this thing because Ricky's got to put his kids to bed. So we'll see you next time on this here uh, podcast. Uh, Bart Hall Door. See you later. <laughs> see you guys.